Started today with our podcast. Uh, I'm AJ Kelly. I'm Anna Vaughn. And I'm Claire Arne. This is our resident bartender today. We got to give her a little love. Let's give it up for Claire. Of Thank course. you for coming in and making us some you. drinks today. Appreciate so, you, sweetheart. What did you make us? So, I just made you guys a simple just strawberry daiquiri with tequila, um, only mm. because, you know, AJ requested a frozen daiquiri. So um, this is the first drink. You know, I bought also some Starburst Jello shots, and Ooh. I got a third bonus round drink. So it's early, but, you know, cocktails with Claire, I will bring the party to you for sure. Thank you Baby, so much. Baby, this drink right here. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> You're not even recording. Oh. oh. <laughs> that's okay, because we're on audio. Oh, that was the whole right. part about it. Okay, but we still need to make sure they know how to get dressed. All right, so Claire with the cocktails today. She came in and made us some strawberry daiquiri, she said. Run that one more time, baby girl. So this was a simple strawberry daiquiri mm -hmm. mix, and I wanted to basically just make it for you guys because AJ requested um, something frozen. So I said, okay, you know, well, you can't go wrong with a, a simple strawberry daiquiri mix. So I wanted to start off with that, and then I'm going to give you guys a jello shot and then make you guys a signature cocktail by Claire. All right. Thank you so much, honey. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Looking out for us, all right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So today we wanted to get into some mental health issues because I think last week we touched on it a little bit. We got into Megan Thee Stallion's uh, resources, yeah. and to my surprise, I went on that page it's about 500 resources there for everybody, LGBT, short, mm -hmm. midget, whatever, anybody, little people. You go on there, you're going to find something for yourself uh, as regards to mental health, like uh, crisis, uh, phone numbers, addresses, people to reach out to, names, not just a number. So, mm -hmm. But we wanted to get Claire on the show today. So she can tell us a little bit about her journey. She works in the mental health field, and I promise you guys we was going to get us a professional on here. And here she is. So okay. tell us a little bit about what you do. So my name is Claire um, again, and right now I am currently a youth advocate at the Star House. So I work with homeless okay. youth from 16 to 24. Yes, and I love working in this field. I've been doing it for about seven years. So I've worked at the Psych Ward. I've worked at JDC. I've worked at... Um, just different residential places, and I've also, you know, aged out of them type of places. So I have a different type of rapport, you know, when you've been through certain things and you, you know, just been through certain things and you understand, like, okay, once you age out, it's still life afterwards. You can mm. have all the coping skills, but you still need life skills. Mm. So I knew that God had took me out that situation to be able to give back, to be able to uplift the young people, and I just feel like it's so much resources in Columbus, Ohio, where you really don't have to, have to ever be without if you are looking and you are resourceful. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that, hey, you're not limited to just the Star House. You're not limited to, you know, your situation, that no matter what they label you as, mm -hmm. no matter how much medicine you take, no matter how much you feel enabled or mislabeled or even labeled, that you do not have to use it as a crutch. You cannot you don't have to be a victim, you can be victorious. 
So that is my type of, uh, my, my, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to uplift and say, hey, I've been through this. Yes, I've been had this background, but if I can do it, you could do it too. And when, when young people see that and say, you do understand my journey. Hey, you have been through the system. You have been on all that type of medicine and thing for things of that nature. So that's what I try to do. I try to say that no matter what you've been through, it's not what you're going through, it's where you're going to. So break out of barriers and boxes. So yes. that's what I'm here for. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Wow. You're a That's chain cutter. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. You got to cut those generational, you know, wow. chains. Yeah. That's my thing right there. Yep. Generational curses got to be broken. And a lot of people don't tap into it because they don't pay attention to it. But it's a part of our everyday life and it's been this way for so long. And in order for change to come, we got to do something different to change it. So that right there, honey, you got something so special and so precious um, within yourself that the world needs to know. Yeah, I appreciate that. My my grandmother uh grew up in foster care. My mama grew up in foster care, and I grew up in foster care. So wow. I was like, okay, this is see, I don't have any children, Ooh. and yeah. I was thinking about that this morning. I was uh, woke up this morning like at four a.m. and I was just working out, and I was thinking to myself like, you know what? Um, I think about what my mom went through, and I say, okay, I'm thirty. I haven't had no kids yet, but that was purposely. I said, you know, it's a choice for what you want to bring your kids into. Mm, and I knew right. that me growing up and even being how the system was, I said, I have to make sure that I am in a position to do it. I have to make sure that I have a skill set so we can get some assets. I have to make sure that whatever my mom didn't do, I want to pick up the baton and do it. So right. it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been um it hasn't been easy, but I, I definitely want to be able to reach out to more youth in the community. I don't want to be limited just to, to the job because there's so many people in our community who can use resources and community help. And I think that yeah. and the, it's a stigma in the black community about mental health. There's a stigma about getting therapy, about getting help. It don't is. let these white folks in our business. Different things of that nature. Um, what goes on this house stays in this house. Them type of things. But it's a lot of our people suffering in yes. silence. It's a lot of our people yeah. suffering from suicide or PTSD or anxiety or being, being molested in a home. And, you know, we just like to cover up a lot of stuff. But All I right. think that these type of conversations need, need to be had in the community yes. for sure. What type of trauma do you carry from your experiences? Um, and how do you get help for that? As being, I know you're a professional, but I'm pretty sure you have to seek somebody. out others. Yeah. yeah, so like, what type of trauma are you carrying around and, and how do you seek help? I would say um, growing up, I had a lot of different type of trauma, whether it was being like molested, being abused, uh, knowing how to understand that all men are not the same, all men are not abusers. Mm -hmm. um, I had trauma of um, just being labeled, being institutionalized, just going from group home to group home, foster home to foster home, and thinking that was okay. Like, okay, I don't want to be in this school no more. I just, I just want to die. Let me just go and just go back because I know they'll take me if I say this type of stuff. But then I had got to the point in my life, I said, you know what? I don't want to go through this anymore. Um, a lot of trauma, a suicide, suicide, I'm a big advocate for suicide because I had three friends commit suicide, but two of them were sisters and they all hung themselves in the basement. You know what I mean? So the first funeral I went wow. to, I was 12 years old. My friend hung herself, um, went to her funeral. That was very traumatic because I never been through that. Um, and then her were sister. Were they in foster care? No, we wanted in foster care then. This was before okay. I even got to foster care. This was in care. their own home. This was in their own home. So clearly something was happening if all three of them made a pack. But it wasn't a pack because two of them were sisters and one of the guys that I knew, I, went, I was in a group home with him. Okay. So when her sister did it the first time, it was crazy because they had a happy family, well-niche family. And I was just like, wow, you know, mm. what, what will make her do something like that? Front. But, yeah. 
And then her sister did it like 10, 15 years later. Her sister was very close to her and found her hanging. So the first funeral I went to, that's what I, I experienced. The second time I went to the funeral was like 15, 10 years later. But then when I moved to Columbus, Ohio, I'm originally for Cleveland, I was checking on one of my friends and I said, hey, what happened to Jeff? You know, what happened to Jeff? They said that he killed himself. I reached out to a, pe- a counselor that I was in group home with and she confirmed that he was dead. So me wow. growing up in group homes, I dealt with people who cut themselves. I understand what being in cycle words, how a four-year-old would want to hurt herself. You know what I mean? So I was already with that trauma. I grew up wanting to hurt myself, wanted to die. As a four-year-old? No, not as a four-year-old. But just you can see how a four-year-old you said. Yeah. Wow. But as a teenager, I was I was uh, on and off suicidal. Then in my 20s, you know, like two years ago, I was dealing with a lot of just depression and stuff, but I had got myself out of it. So I would say having a support system helped me. I would say seeking um, therapy helped me. Um, I was with North Central for a little bit. That helped me as well. Um, even having, like, support systems within my job. You know, they have they offer resources for the staff if we're dealing with different trauma. So seeing that trauma, being through that trauma, uh, now working with youth who do, dealing with suicide, I feel like since I've seen that up close, it was my duty to be good to people, to come with a smile, to make sure I serve people because you just never know what they might be hiding behind their face or what people might be going through. A lot of people are suicidal. A lot of women are too. And they have to deal with them scars and hide it because um, maybe they're ashamed. And used to be like we just I just saw something a podcast the other day where the cop he 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 said he felt alone in this world and he killed himself. Mm. So suicide is a very high rate in teenagers, mm. young monks, twenty year olds, young people. And black, you black people don't have a and black people at alarming rates. Rate. And we have to stop saying nothing. that that black people yeah. don't do that. Yeah, they, they do. Everybody's doing it. Everybody been doing it. It's not that if when you look at statistics, then you're gonna see that. But for real in the world, honey. They don't have. They don't write everything down. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot, right? Yeah. But I want to say this too because um, my son' uh, father told him to kill himself last year, and so he went through this thing where he was um, feeling suicidal. He actually tried to kill himself at that moment when his father told him to kill himself, and then um, after a while, uh, it took a lot uh, of time, and um, depression will hit hard, and it'll make you feel different, but. Uh, I think what helped him was the fact that I kind of just kept building him, kept building him. I'm his only support, you know. But then he got uh, my my other children, too. And whew, it was kind of heavy. But that generational curse is so heavy where I had to look at my life, you know, because what I went through with my father, not knowing my father and seeing him be abusive to my mother as a kid and then find out what he did to my sister as I got older. Um, That's a heavy burden you carry, too. Uh, what? Well, it holds on that's to you, heavy. but the thing about it is, um, but you shouldn't carry ooh, that. That's not your everybody fault. can't get through that though. That's the point. Whatever I'm your making. father like, do to your sibling, it's just not your it's fault. It's not. It's not my fault. It's not yeah. your. It's fault. not my fault. Yeah. But, yeah. um, it's hard, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It gotta be. It's very. It's very hard. Yeah. And I think we just have to be more kinder to people. You know what I mean? I think we have to just. Um, I think people is so just. 
disconnected from mm. just the the reality of how you do people, how you treat people, uh, the signs of, of suicide, the signs of mental health, the signs that someone's going through something. Some people don't know how to grieve properly. I think as African-American right. community, mm. we need to learn more coping skills, healthy coping skills, and we need to have these kind of conversations with our family. We need to have yes. more table talk because yes. these are the conversations that we need to have. Yeah. You don't know, especially if you have teenagers, huh. they deal with a lot of different yes. stuff on a daily basis. And me working with teenagers, mm -hmm. I could just... You know, they, they talk to different people outside of their parents. Mm -hmm. Like you had mm -hmm. said you wanted me to talk to your daughter, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you know people, they went to your mom, you want to listen to nothing your mom said. But yeah. when you listen to an outsider, for some reason it just hit it different. Hit different. So yeah. I think they need someone to talk to. They need a little bit of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we just have these conversations or really know the signs of someone who might be dealing with trauma, we probably could save a lot in our community. And oh, I yeah. think more people will be more comfortable to say, hey, you see me. Because in a black community, mm -hmm. we say stuff like stay in a child's place or, <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't even let, we, we, we snatch our voices from our youth early mm -hmm. on. Before they even know what that is. But drugs cover up so many of our uh, issues that yeah. I would never know you're in crisis until you're on the ground shaking with a pipe in your hand or something, right? Mm -hmm. Not that's all the time, a lot though, of because times them, that's how we they figure show, it out. We show, we show flags, though. Well, I'm it's, just saying, if you it's don't It's just that we all have some kind of sore. Yeah. And so a lot of times we don't want to hear each other's story. A lot of times we don't want to talk about it. A lot of times because of what we're dealing with ourselves, mm -hmm. we don't have time to listen to yours. Like, girl, bad. That ain't that's nothing. That's why that's I don't know. Tell you, I wouldn't nothing. know unless I see you that's not on that drugs serious. or something. It is that serious. Cause just because you had an issue mm -hmm. and you were able to get up doesn't mean I can I can deal with that myself. Like, right, but if you right. open your mouth and you told my, your story to me, you might be able to give me some information as to what might help me in my past, in my life, in my future, in my whole thing. You know, understanding mm -hmm. life, and that's why I want to do the BS no BS. Like at some point we gonna we gonna we gonna knock that you out. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. How, what's your stance on uh, drugs, legal drugs, pharmaceutical drugs? dealing with mental health what's your stance on that um i think still you still could get some type of therapy and help i think that a lot of people smoke it away drink it away and mm -hmm. think it's gonna be okay okay even if my doctor prescribes it i'm okay it's okay but we still need to uh, uh mm -hmm. have an outlet you still need to talk you still need to have coping skills because yeah. there's nothing that's gonna feel that pain in your heart not let me clarify this. That. i'm sorry i meant like uh, medicating yourself um, oh. for bipolar issues, for schizophrenia. Like, how do you feel about medicine and, and mental health? Do you feel like, you know, some people don't need medicine? Because some people, you know, they just want to go holistic. I don't need the medicine. You know, it's, it's making me worse. What, what's your stance on that? I would say since I have been on all the different type of medicines you can see on a little commercial that's like, you know, uh, you're dealing with depression, like Abilify, Wellbutrin, right. Zoloft, Seroquel, all that stuff I was on and addicted to. Abilify? Um, Abilify. That's a very heavy Oh, psych, yeah. I was on wow. a type of medicine where, you know, I could barely talk and form a sentence. And my mom would come to the hospital and see me like, listen, you guys have to take her off this medicine because she can't function. I was believed that I was, I had got labeled all these things. If you read my file and you see where I am now, People be amazed because they're like, "Oh my God, I used to, I, it used to be my client. I used to work with her." See, the the blessing I would say I I was so great to have. Like I was just explaining to my friend, like, "Hey, I haven't been on it since since a, a long time. I used to have, go through a group home up here." Um, mm -hmm. And one of the group homes I was at in Ar Upper Arlington, I have a staff member that I currently work with right now. She used to be my staff member when yeah. I was 16. So wow. she's been in this same field. I'm 30. She's been in this field for years. So when she seen me 
at the job, she was like, oh, my gosh. I, she, she didn't even recognize me. I said, oh, my gosh, Miss Kennedy. She couldn't believe it. You know, so for me to have the pleasure to be delivered out of these type of situations and work beside the staff who planted seeds into me and am the woman I am now, two years ago, I got clear. Like, like maybe not two years ago, but I think about six years, I've been cleared from all psychiatric medicine. Amen. So, Give it up for that lady. Who's that lady? What's her name? Her name is Miss Candy. All right, Miss Candy. So, my doctor, for you. Thank you. I yes. still <laughs> suffer with anxiety. I still suffer with sometimes little things of depression because I'm so ambitious. And it wasn't meant for, I don't think it was meant for me to make it this far. I think people already ex already had expected to me. So it's to just the fall, just because all the trauma I've been through, all the stuff no, that I had. No, it's meant for you to make it, baby. Other yeah. people bend your yeah. mind to make you feel yeah. like you wasn't meant to be, but God put you through all that because you was meant to be here. So you can have your story to tell to help get other people out of situations. Like, yeah, don't 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 even don't even take that in. Yeah, I get it. I just feel like yeah. the system is sometimes set you up to for failure. Yes. So yeah. that's why I said when you age out and you have coping skills but no life skills, you can age out of foster care. Like I taught myself how to drive. I didn't know how to drive a car. I bought my first car and I said, you know what, I'm going to park my car in the driveway. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be a bus rider for the rest of my life. When I got out of foster care, I didn't know how to drive. And I had a situation that happened to me where me and my friend fell out about my car and I said, you know what, no one's going to ever talk to me like that again. I started driving around my neighborhood. Mm. I put my foot on the gas, my head blowing through the wind and I said, I'm going to drive this car. Why not get my license two years ago? So a lot of stuff that I learned, I had to learn on my own. I had to learn to get a router out of gun. When you age out of foster care mm. and people see you fresh fish, you are a target. You are in situations where people think you should have known that. How do you didn't know that? Because my mama didn't taught me. I didn't know that. The system didn't teach me. They didn't set me up for independent living. They didn't teach me these type of things. Also, all I knew was groups and stuff like that. I didn't know how it happened in the real world. I didn't know that I was. I had to learn these different type of skills. So that's why I said life skills is important. And if you don't, mm -hmm. and I had this mentors throughout my whole life. They always seen something in me. Mm -hmm. So I had staff and people who knew me even after I got out of each program because I was able to graduate through each program, each system, and just keep rising to the top. So I had people who wouldn't mind working, writing recommendation recommendation letters for me when I wanted to take these type of jobs. So next month, power is beautiful. It's strong. Yeah. yeah next month yeah. I'll be. Um, yeah. You got some strong willpower, girl. <laughs> next, and drinks. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> yes, like yes. drink. That's yeah. Next month I'll be going to training for peer support training, and then I'll be tapping into chemical dependency. So mm -hmm. I think that's going to be great because I already work okay. with kids who's on drugs and who's who overdose. That's stuff that we have to experience at the Star House. I got a question for That's you. You said target. 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 You were a target. You're fresh meat. Is that more of a mind state, a like an imprisonment that you carry? Yeah, because we don't know you're a target yeah. on the outside looking in. But you felt like a target. So was that more like just being a prisoner? I think I always felt like a target because I, I just always felt like... Um, no matter what happens, someone was always trying to take it from me or something like that. But I feel like if you institutionalize after a while, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you are the perfect target to get someone to influence you to do something mm -hmm. that you don't know. That's why I said when women age out of the system in foster care, they're easily to get into domestic violence situations or get oh, with yeah. men that really don't care about them because they haven't learned how to love themselves or be in these type of situations. So the first man that said they love them or they give them some attention, then they age out of foster care or they're in foster care and they're already pregnant by older men, things of that type of na nature and even men men who are always institutionalized and stuff like that they don't have no skills or something like that so it's easy for them to go back to jail because they don't have no trade no skill nothing to look forward to no out in society yeah maturity 
Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they and a lot of them things you can never get away with yeah. out here in the real yeah. world. Like you can do that in prison. Mm. You can't do that. Or in residential. There you go. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I tell them, hey, you know, you have to wait. Like, you know, just like, just like a simple thing. If I'm, if they ask me, hey, can you do something? And I don't do it fast enough. They want to yell, scream, throw things. And I say, hey, in the real world, they're going to arrest you because you have to wait in line like <laughs> yeah. everybody else. Whether you're in the social security yeah. office, whether you're in Kroger's, if somebody's behind you, you just got to wait your turn. You can't act a fool. They ain't going to send you to the hospital. They're going to send you to jail. Mm-hmm. Jackson Pike. That's so right. these are the type of skills I want you to learn. You can't always have a therapist on deck. No. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And even if you're stressed out to the point where I can't go to work because I'm dealing with my past the people at the job don't care they want to know are you going to do the work or not so some things i tell them hey you got to check that out the door go to therapy before you step out in the world go to therapy before you try to get into these different spaces because if you don't know the coping skills how to control your emotions uh you will be a target because people know they could you know some people just know that you uh easily bothered so they try to you know step you don't yeah. try to do stuff yeah. to you and then that's it you know you didn't punch that's somebody you you punch somebody in the face thinking yeah. we gonna restrain you mentality. no you're going to jail oh yeah yeah it's assault yeah that's that mentality <laughs> yeah all yeah. way for real so what okay back to medicine real quick did you find one medicine that helped you was it a combination or was it none at all I would say lithium. I like the lithium. I like the lithium, but it made me really thirsty, and I always had to use the restroom. I like the Seroquel because Seroquel made me sleep. You know, for a long time I had insomnia. I couldn't sleep. Now I'll be in the bed by 9 o'clock. I don't play about that. I don't play about my sleep. And the reason why I don't play about my sleep because, like, maybe um, eight years ago I got arrested. I got arrested uh, on High Street, uh, and I had wound up going to Twin Valley for three months. See, I had a manic episode. I had just stopped taking my medicine. I was losing so much weight. I was manic. I was on a high. I didn't know. And I wound up getting arrested, going to Jackson Pike. And I wound up just being in a really bad space. I wasn't sleeping for like maybe two months. And I wound up just crashing. That's how I wound up getting arrested. My mom was like, something's wrong. I haven't heard from Claire in a while. So she went to my house. My house was open. She was like, what's going on? She climbed up the fire escape. My mom climbed up the fire escape to get to my house, and then she wound up putting an Amber Alert on me. They had told her I was in jail, and I was in jail for three weeks. So my mom came looking for me. I knew she was going to come looking for me. At some point. Yeah, that's one thing I can say about my mom. You know, even though she was in the system, she did the best she could. She stayed with me every group home I went to, every foster home I went to. She wanted us to come back, but I didn't want to go back. My sister went back. So when I lost my mind in jail, and when I lost my mind, in, wow. in jail. I lost my mind in jail. And what happened was I knew somebody in jail. And she, we, when we was in group homes back in the day, we had to call each other by our last name. She was like, oh, my God, Woodard, Clarissa Woodard. She said, she ain't supposed to be in here. I don't know what's wrong. Let me talk to her. But for some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I couldn't do nothing. Mm. So she kept trying to tell the guards, hey, she ain't supposed to be in here. I know her. You know, I used to do poetry back in the day. So she knew I was like a, one of the people that was a good person so she yeah. couldn't understand how I was in Jackson Pike. But she the could, cops don't have the skills. Yeah. See, they'll kill you now. They arrested you, thank God, but they just shoot you now going through a manic episode. See? So thank God. And it's a lot of people, it. a lot of young people who moms they can't control. They don't they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. There's a lot of young moms who deal with kids who have autism or maybe just out of control. They just don't know what to do. Like have you you seen that uh Facebook live when the the, the guy had just her, her son had tore up a whole house, yeah. broke the toilet, broke the mirror. Everything. And I looked at that video. Was like, it a little kid? No, he was 15. Okay. No, and she took kid. his phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he, she took the phone. 
I said, see, I that's residential behavior. Because she tore his house. She that t- is he tore nuts. that house. He uh, did. And she said that she get, I, I watched the after video where she said that this is her third house she got put out of. Oh, God. You know what I mean? It is a lot. It's like even, she won't buy one for a reason. Well, she, she keep can. renting them. Well, she can't afford it. If No, if, he going to tear it up. Tear exactly. up somebody else's house, not well, mine. Well, no, she's still paying for it, though. So she's yeah, paying she for, pay it for it regardless. So if even if it was hers or not. But, like, if you know that this can happen, I, I'd say if she had more help, it would probably be a lot better, though. Like, people need to help out more. Like, we're so selfish. People are so selfish, yeah. though. Like, it's all about me. Well, yeah. if we was to act like a community for real and stop just saying the words, we can help each other. Like, I mean, I it's her son. She it got is her it, son, you know? but it's her son. You're right. It's sad. You but know? we don't know that when you get pregnant that your baby might come out with something. Like, no. You, that's not something you chose. I, I'm, I'm sure she'll say, God, please give me a crazy child or a child that no. has some issues. That's not something we pray for, right? Right. So if you have a child like that, if the community, the family could come together a little bit better, that baby probably would have had a better chance. And you know what I'm saying? She probably would have had a little help with keeping them calm. What do you do for your son? What I do for my son? Yes. Like right how now, do you we don't have those same no things. More. Like, how did you get him on the right track? Um, just talking I mean, to just him. a segue into son, that. I set my son down. Like, mm-hmm. um, whenever he was feeling the type of way, um, he used to run away and all kinds of stuff, so he can go smoke with his friends. Um, but I just took the time out to spend time with him and talk to him and mm-hmm. get in his head. But at the same time, it was out of love. It was because, you know, I want him to see that. I love him so much and he's everything to me. My, my children mean the world to me. So, I mean, just talking to him and getting him to understand that he's not different from other people, that we all go through something, but you have to deal with your individual personality, like to make yourself better. Notice who you are, improve on who, who you're trying to become. Know who you are, first of all. Appreciate what you do, what, who you are. Like just encouraging him to, you know, mm-hmm. look at life different and Whatever other people but you didn't have, have said, that village you're saying you had I didn't to have do none this of that. That was me by, by myself every day. Like, right. um, not being able to work, like having to take time off. I'm a hairdresser, you know. Uh, I couldn't go to work a lot of times because I needed to be at home with my son. Like, I had to change. I had to reroute, yeah. you know. And so, um, when you have to reroute like that, that's not something you can just decide so easily and so quickly. Okay, I'm just quit. No, it's not that simple, but sometimes you just have to. And I pray to God. And that's all I had. But hey, I know you were going to like now. all kind of um where you told me you drove to Chicago. I went so to for Chicago. somebody to pray for yep, you. I had um, you were doing everything. Yep, I did everything yeah. I could possible. Um tell me what was his diagnosis at the end of the day? Um, well, it was we just, need to know these things so we can help people. So we know what the diagnosis was, know what the best uh, medication you found was, or if it was none at all. Cause I know you went to herbs a lot. So what was his diagnosis? So they didn't diagnose him other than depression. He was okay, going through so depression. depression. Like if your father tell you kill yourself and for so long, this same Absolutely. father is the one that's been trying to tell you that nobody else cared about you, but me like try to make you feel like you. You are right with him, but nobody else really care about you. And then you find okay. out that you're the one that really don't care about me, and my mom really is the one that care about me. So yeah, that's so depression because he felt different with me because he felt like, oh, my mom not gonna love me because okay. I hurt her, you know. So he had that so he in his head. He depressed. was like, yeah. So it wasn't like, lightly. It was severely it was severe. depressed. It was, baby, okay. my, my son. Ugh, when I say I had to, I had to lock stuff up. I couldn't have nothing out. I couldn't do. 
Was anything. he tearing up the house like the other kid, or like was he hurting himself? He was himself? breaking glasses. You know, okay. he'd go outside and break all my glass plates and my glasses or whatever, just so he could have something to break. They hurt the ones closest to them, and yes. they will turn on you when they're in their episode, Manic right? Episode. You turn on the person closest to you. They hate you right in that moment, right? Yep. What type of um, was it? Was there medication that helped him, or they tried to put think? him on some medication? Um, they said he was on borderline ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't because it was just a depression. It was just a depression itself, and I I noticed that every system just about the same though. Like you can't tell my son or help him the same way you are gonna help this child. They all different. Yeah, it's not one size. So you can't all. just say Google got got this one and Google got no. You gotta give me something different because I can't hear the Google got got from you. Right. So my son, I had to come from deep within. I had to really resonate but some what, things. What, what far as medications? He just, they gave him some, I don't even remember the name of it. He only had it for like a couple of weeks. So it like, really is not significant. It it's nothing that really helped. No, because if 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 you're already going through depression, mm-hmm. you're already sad, you're already down, you already stay in your room, don't want to do nothing, don't mm-hmm. want to go to school, don't want, you don't want to have nothing to do, then you give him a drug that's going to sit him down more and take him out of his mindset of even trying anything. Now, okay. now he's tired. That's not suitable for him. Like that don't work for everybody yet if a child um sometimes it might reverse and make the child be like oh i might want to get up i don't know how that works because mm-hmm. i've never had to take medication either you know but what with my son herbs? it didn't do nothing for him now herbs yes what worked for him that you like you're um, gonna have to wrap it up really soon but i would like to get get to a point and know what worked so we can pass that on well it's not a herb that I use for his mental. It was more of with him having sickle cell. My son have sickle cell too. So my fear for him was with him having sickle cell and running out at, in the middle of the night and stuff like that. You know, my fear for him was the fact that um, him not understanding the severity of sickle cell and maybe getting sick. So I give him like silver and like different things to keep his immune system built for whatever decision he decides to make. The at silver the time. solution. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, 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 I did dibble dabbled and like herbal teas and you know, stuff like that. Peppermint. Yeah. I'm, I'm into essential oils and stuff like that, but diffusing, you know, just so at least if he tried something, you know, already done did something to keep his immune system built. Right. Um, so he haven't been in the hospital Parasit- a lot since I've been doing it. So that's great. Medications. Any um, type I did cleanse him. He did do some cleanses. The DC one is awesome at HSU. Um, but uh, HSU, that's mm-hmm. a nerve. They have no DC one. DC one is at HSU. That's a store here in Ohio. It's at SHU, the store. SU. HSU. Yes. It's a the store, store. Uh-huh. and it's called DC One. DC One. They have and DC Two as well, but it cleans okay. out the intestines and stuff like that. So it's like um, for him, I was like cleansing him out while I was also giving him something to help him. And the silver yeah, solution. Out. Mm-hmm. They can also get that at that. Oh store. yeah, they can get that. Okay, because I've heard of that. That's awesome. It's a bomb. It's yeah. Everybody need to have it. Silver solution. Promise. That's right. Look it up. Find so out back what to it Claire. is. We got to wrap it up, Claire. But but tell us, you know. Rounded around about like what helped you? You said what was that medication and, and what was it prescribed for? Um, I would say when I was taking medication, if I was to say that was, I wouldn't even say that was a good medication because it's just a lot of side effects. You're gonna okay. always be in the bathroom. You're gonna always have dry mouth. 
it's just always going to be either you're peeing or you're drinking, you know. But I would say now, right now, what's helping me is my support system. It's me uh, managing my time better. It's me having things to look forward to. Um, Another thing about, you know, the drinks is, you know, my apron I have on today is called Clarity. So Clarity, I told myself I wanted to have more clarity. So Clarity is giving you clear, giving you tea, giving you Clarity for the mind, body, and soul. So if you don't drink alcohol, also have mocktails, conscious cocktails, your breath is in the earth, pineapple purpose, different things like that. Because I know it's some people that's recovering from drugs and alcohol. It's some people who do not like, who not do, who do not drink. So um, this is the type of like this is what helped 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 me is being able to create something that everyone can enjoy, a beverage that everyone could could enjoy, a nice mocktail that it looks like a cocktail but it's not. You know, right. sometimes people want to feel included and important, and that's right, and, and just feel like they're at the table and they're invited, even if they don't drink. And you don't have to feel bad if you don't drink, or you don't have to feel bad if you don't fit in. I have something for everyone. So me creating has helped me. Um, helped me. It helped me. Um, have a purpose. Have a purpose. And have something to look purpose. forward to. Yeah. Get invited to podcasts such as this one. Um, and just li- living my dreams. And, you know, I told myself, hey, at the end of this life, I want to be shaking hands and kissing babies. So my goal is to prepare a table for my family, my children, be able to pass the mixology one day down to my daughter if I have one, and be able to, to, to you know, fulfill this legacy on, you know, so I'm breaking generational curse. Yeah. I think I've already done a lot of barriers. I have a lot mm. to overcome. Yeah. So creating my own table, my own lane and doing what's best um that you know just doing things learning from my mom and my grandmother um you know mishaps or things they've been through i think that's what's shaping me at this moment chain breaker let's have a toast that's to what that I'm talking yeah about. chain yeah. breaker chain for breaker. real all right Woo. take it down take all it right down. Hey. we gotta hit it <laughs> tell us about your wine real quick because you right, got so. something you pushing to yes come on all right, so here's Andavon's wine. I have four flavors for you. We have cherry grape. We have pineapple raspberry. We have, I want to say this, the kiwi watermelon. And then we have, oh, this kiwi watermelon. And this is the, oh, it looked like I brought two of the same. And mango uh, strawberry. Um, I started this wine. Um, I wanted to do something different. Like, everybody likes to drink something, right? But wine um, it brings the ladies together, and I, I wanted to create something, an avenue to start doing events for women, and um, eventually get to, like I said, my BS No BS, which is bringing us together and um, talking. We need to open our mouths. We gotta do a we part two. We need to we tell each other stories, yeah. so we can build We're not on, done it. on this. Like subject. this is important stuff. Yeah. And so my wine, I got my drawing on it. <clears throat> it's the tree of life. It's a woman. I drew this picture so many years ago, and okay. I wanted to use it, and so. I'm going to upgrade on my bottles, but I had to start somewhere. But honey, you got it done. I did it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm proud, so of proud of these ladies. Y'all yeah, doing yeah, your yeah. thing, man. Yeah. I have nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have nothing. Maybe I'll come out with a chapstick or something. <laughs> AJ, you got something. You, you know, can share my hair. My you hair got something. Product. You can okay. share my hair product. Yeah, I ain't got okay. enough for you today, though. So we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. But we got to do a part two. This was so interesting. I love it. We ain't even scratched the surface on you, Ma. Seriously, so we got to get more into that because that you got an inspiring, kick-ass story that the world got to know about, right? All right, so thanks, guys, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much, AJ Kelly. And Devon. All right, y'all, thank you. That was fun. It's like we've been doing this, like, forever. I know.